Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another installment of Locked On Texans, your daily podcast covering your favorite football team every single day. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis, along with my partner, my partner that said Patriots 30, Texans 13. Ooh. I am the other half, maybe the sadder half. <laughs> who, who knows? The sadder but... half. Womp, womp, womp. <laughs> but I am the... I'm the other half of the Locked On Texans duo, John Summers, Sports Guy Hickman, and today's episode is brought to you by none other than Pepsi. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, we've all joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season has been different, but Pepsi has been here for us every game day to get us ready, no matter how we watch it. Pepsi is a refreshment we need to power through game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. And contrary to some belief, uh, maybe Cody's belief, uh, listeners who've heard me ramble and talk a lot of trash because my favorite team came to town and I did enjoy watching the game. Uh, the roof was out, sun was in, and it looked beautiful outside. So, but contrary to belief, I'm actually very excited to discuss Houston's 27-20 victory over their big brother, New England Patriots. Look, I take this job seriously, and I love this team. But I think for the first time this season, this team responded directly to the criticism and scrutiny from the fans and media. Anthony Weaver called BS the other day in regards to his defense and how bad they've been this year. And so did the players. And defensively, the storyline is Justin Reed came to play and make a statement that he did. And that statement was, I can still play at a high level. Reed finished with nine total tackles, one sack, and three tackles for loss. This Texas defense also did a great job of getting their hands on the ball throughout the entire game with six pass deflections, four of which came from the great J.J. Watt, a record from him. This entire year has been called a veteran year. So when we see great things out of our young players, we got to give them recognition. Rookie Jonathan Grenard registered his first sack of the season as well. What I saw the most from Houston, especially early on defensively, play recognition. They did an amazing job throughout this entire game, but especially earlier on, recognizing the plays and beating their opponents to their own spots. Now, offensively, Deshaun Watson proved why taking this Houston job might be ugly, but it'll be worth it with him under center. Watson finished the game with 344 yards, three total touchdowns, and a pass rating of 121. The story of the game was finally, after wondering, Cody, and I'm I'm speaking to you right now after wondering if we'll ever see him on the field again this year or as a Texan, period. Kiki QT caught two passes, one of which for a touchdown. Deshaun Watson on Kiki QT, he mentioned he's had a lot of trust in him. And in absence of Larry Tunsil, the Texans did not allow a sack. And I think Rod Johnson, who was in and out of the lineup last year, he's a familiar face here in Houston, one of those one of those, you know, dependable 
rotational lineman that we have, if something happens like without having Larry Tunson on that field, then we have some type of trust to see Johnson on that field. Had a very solid day. Didn't register a sack. There was moments he could have improved. And then, and then there was moments where you may thought to yourself, wow, Johnson is having a phenomenal quarter right now. Uh, this game did have some bad news. P.J. Hall, the Texans' best interior defensive lineman, will be out for the remainder of the season due to a torn pictorial. Randall Cobb and Kenny Steele's also left the game due to injury. There are so many storylines in this game, Cody. Defensively, they showed up after a week of getting scrutinized by the media. Offensively, like I mentioned, Deshaun Watson is going to make whoever chooses this job as head coach and general manager easier if he wasn't going to be here. Uh, Also, we realized that no matter who we put in that backfield, the running attack is not going to work at all. It's just not going to happen. But we have some studs on this team. We saw what Brandon Cooks was able to do. And let's also show a lot of love to Will Fuller for being a closer, right? He's been a very good closer. Closer. And Jordan Akins came to play his best game of the season, maybe in the last two years. A lot of weapons on this team for Deshaun. Got the 27-20 victory over the Texans, over the Patriots, rather. Cody, I was wrong. I, I I didn't see it happening, but it happened. I also owe one of our listeners some lunch, so got to see what he wants to eat. Put a little friendly wager out there. But take the floor, Cody. With this win, they go to 3-7. and seven. Where do they go now? First and foremost, um, pray for a speedy recovery for Mr. P.J. Hall. And this is actually the second day in a row that the Houston Texans lost a key member to their defense. On Saturday, it was announced that Michael Thomas will be out for the remainder of the season after undergoing shoulder surgery. So, you know, that sucks knowing that this is a team who's already not that talented, not that good on the defensive side of the ball. It sucks knowing that in the span of 24 hours, we lost two key members. Um, but once again, speedy recovery to both Michael Thomas and PJ Hall. But this game was a testament to why I have been dying to see young guys play. Like we saw Kiki QT stepping in after losing Randall Cobb, who went down with a foot injury, Kenny Steele, who went down with a leg injury. And according to Romeo Cannell after the game, both of those guys will be evaluated um, later on today, as a matter of fact. And hopefully if there is some good news, we, there's a slim chance that we might see them on Thursday. But at this point, I highly doubt, especially because it's a quick turnaround. But Going to the defensive side of the ball, you talked about Justin Reed. I I would like to give a shout out to Lonnie Johnson Jr., who played a great game and made some really big defensive stops along with his counterparts, Jonathan Grenard and Ross Blacklock, especially Grenard. On Friday, he had just told us that he is dying to get his first sack. He is dying to hit a quarterback because this is a guy who led the SEC in sacks last year with Florida. And he finally got his first career sack. Shout out to Jonathan Bernard. But going back to my original statement, talking about I've been dying to see the young guys. I made a statement last week by saying there is talent at the end of this bench. And although I hate knowing that Houston was forced to use this young talent due to a a variety of injuries, I love the fact that these young guys, when they got thrown into the fire, they came ready to play. However, we could talk about Deshaun Watson's great performance. 
We could talk about a pretty good defensive performance that we saw. We could talk about the young talent that we saw on the field on yesterday. We could talk about all these good things. But at the end of the day, the best part about this win, we finally saw the Texans play an all-around game on both sides of the ball. After the game, I asked J.J. Watt if he could talk about the production that he saw as a leader on both sides of the ball. And he said after that first drive where they gave up a touchdown and things looked kind of bleak that first, and it did, they were able to get into a rhythm early. The offense came out, put points on the board, and the defense was able to stop the run really early. And that allowed them to get into a rhythm. That allowed them to play the type of game that they wanted to play. But in my opinion, we talk about the rhythm. It also showcased that the Texans were able to stay consistent throughout this game. John, listeners, we all know that consistency has been, if not the number one problem all season long, talking about the Houston Texans. And at halftime when they was up, I tweeted, going into the break, up 21-10 over the Patriots. One of Houston's main problems this season has been consistency on both sides of the ball. Texans have to find a way to break this cycle today in hopes of pulling off a victory. Let's see what they do in the second half. And the performance that we saw in the first half carried over into the second half of the game. However, it did remind me of if they were able to stay consistent throughout the season like we saw. I actually thought about some of the games that they actually lost, like the game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. If they was able to stay consistent early on in the season, we could be looking at a team who would be fighting for a wild card spot. But instead, we're looking at a team that is three and seven. But I don't want to rain on a parade because at the end of the day, not only did they get a win, they finally beat somebody not named the Jacksonville Jaguars. But most importantly, they beat the New England Patriots. And are they the big brother New England Patriots that's playing for a Super Bowl right now? No, but it just feel good that they was able to beat a team that at the end of the day is still a hell of a lot talented, still a hell of a lot better than what they are right now. And once again, I don't want to rain on the parade. I am just so happy the Texans were able to stay consistent. They was able to find their rhythm early. And at the end of the day, Houston got the dub. Things definitely worked out for Houston on Sunday. And when it comes to getting stand in shape, working out, nothing feels as good as that feeling of accomplishment of hitting your fitness goals or feeling great about yourself. Echelon can get you there. Echelon offers the next generation of connected fitness bikes, fitness mirrors, rowing machines, and their all-new Echelon Stride Smart Treadmill. No matter what your favorite activity is, Echelon gives you a fun, challenging workout for the comfort of your home. So you don't have to really worry about jeopardizing your health. Unlike their competitors, Echelon is affordable for everyone. And one membership lets up to five family members all work out at the same time. Right now, you can try Echelon Fitness Equipment at home for 30 days. Go to echelonfit.com NFL. That's Echelon, E-C-H-E-L-O-N, fit.com slash NFL. It's Recap Mondays, of course, so... I think we need to take a further in-depth look of how Houston really controlled the game defensively on Sunday. Thanks to the lack of natural athleticism or commitment, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they will join another league, the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are real generational talent that Pepsi fuels. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. 
Hey, JJ, congrats on the win, man. Um, this might be the most complete game that you guys played all season. So as a leader, can you just talk about what was that like for you to see you guys have a productive day on both sides of the ball? Yeah, yeah, I think it speaks a little bit to the to the last question that was just asked. Like I said, uh, you start out the game early. Obviously, the first drive of the game wasn't what we wanted to give up a touchdown. But the offense comes out, puts points up on the board. Um, we end up getting a lead, and then we can play the game that we want to play. Defense is stopping the run, putting them in tough situations that they don't want to be in. Offense continues to score points, and then you're playing from a position that's um, much better to play from than obviously if you're playing from behind. The other team's just trying to run the ball, uh, and you're trying to catch up. So uh, when you get yourself in a good position, it's a lot easier and a lot more fun to play from that way. So hopefully we can do that more as we head, head out to close out the season here. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Locked On Texans, only on the Locked On Podcast Network, Cody Davis Johnson, Sports Guy Hickman. Tomorrow, we are going to discuss the news surrounding the Houston Texans. I would like to call it good news. This past week, Cal McNair actually had dinner with Deshaun Watson to discuss the future of this franchise, and he actually picked Deshaun Watson's brain to see who would he like to see take over as the Houston Texans next head coach so of course with this being a recap show we're not going to get into it today but please be sure to check out the next installment of Locked on Texans tomorrow because that is something John and myself will be talking about on tomorrow's show so I mentioned how the story of the game defensively was Justin Reed and uh the redeemable uh game he had right we've been we've been really on Justin Reed this entire year I know I have uh, I mentioned last week how he looked better last year while he played injured than he has this year. And so Sunday was one of those games where he, I'm not going to say reminded, but I guess reminded would be the right word to use how good he is. So I wanted to give a, a very kudos and, and shout out to Justin Reed, but I think overall we got to look at the fact that a team that rushes for 161 yards was only held to under 90 yards rushing yesterday by the Houston Texans. The Patriots are known to rush for 160-plus yards per game, and we know the Texans are known for giving up. We've seen two 100 rush running backs with the Cleveland Browns. Houston has been horrendous this year in stopping a run, but yesterday you held the Patriots to 88 yards on the ground. And they did it in a lot of ways. They were in the backfield a lot on Sunday. We saw a lot of tackles for loss. We saw a lot of disruption up front for the New England Patriots in their offensive line. We are continuously seeing Anthony Weaver, um, along with I'm sure Romeo Cornell has his, his foot in it, throw different blitz packages, and they're getting more comfortable with who and who they're not sending. Yesterday was just another one of those Moments where we have to still say he's a first year DC and he's growing and he did not have a lot to work with coming into the year, but now he, he, his back is against the wall. I love the fact that he called out uh, not only the media, but I think he called out his players as well. Like, Hey guys, I'm fighting for you. I need for y'all to fight for me. And he has no, he has no reason, but to trust who he has now on his roster. So he's learning his players more. What I love is he's he's not only is he seeing who he has on his roster, who he need, who he can and can't trust, but those he's trusting, he's making sure he's put trying to put them in positions to win. And yesterday they had a very great outing. Mentioned that Jonathan Gennard got his first sack of the season. Shout out to the rookie. Mentioned that Justin Reed got a sack. 
but I also like the pressure Jacob Martin was putting on Cam Newton, using his hands and making sure that he was not just going straight up with that offensive line, but giving a job and making them work. And the 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 godfather of this defense, the three-time defensive player of the year, J.J. Watt, just stayed busy all game. All game. And the defense looked inspired. You can tell that they were, A, wanting to beat the Patriots, something that they haven't done regularly. But B, hey, you know what, Coach? You stood up for this week in in, in a press conference. We're gonna stand up for you. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna show you how we got your back, and we're gonna play some football. And that's exactly what they did. I agree with everything that you said. Um, I I believe more than anything, this defense that what we saw on yesterday, it was more of the defensive schemes that Anthony Weaver had created. And throughout this whole entire game, I actually sat there and I thought about the conversation you and I had last week on the show when we talked about should Anthony Weaver have another opportunity at coaching the Texans on the defensive side of the ball. And both of us said yes, because of the lack of talent that he has. However, the only problem that I have with the Houston Texans and what we saw from them defensively on yesterday, I just want to know, where was this the whole entire season? Because Justin Reed says something that really caught my eye. During his post-game press conference, he said that they actually believed in the defensive scheme that Anthony Weaver drew up. My only question is, so are you saying that you never believed in the defensive schemes that he drew up? And John, to your point, why did it have to take Anthony Weaver to go off in the media to carry on the way he did? Why did it have to take that in order to pull out the defensive performance that we saw on yesterday? Now, is it a result that we saw guys like Jonathan Grenard and Ross Blacklock even more? Yeah, you can possibly say that. But at the end of the day, we should not be into week 11 and you have one of your top defensive guys in Justin Reed saying, we finally believed in his defensive scheme. I don't know if it's Romeo Cannell actually giving Weaver more leeway to call the defensive schemes that he would like to call, but given everything that transpired from last week and given everything that Justin Reed and even JJ Watt said after the game on yesterday, I am concerned on what is going on behind closed door. Like I say, it was a great performance, but why did it take so long for the Texans to get to where they are now? I told you guys about Bill Bar, how great Bill Bar is, but also left out some very important details that you need to know. They have 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors, six new flavors, which includes my favorite, the caramel brownie, along with the cookies and cream. My grandmother loves that one. They still have the 12 original flavors, the raspberry, the German chocolate, along with the peanut butter. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. And this is for the healthy, conscious guy like myself who wants to lose weight but doesn't want to give up a lot of the sweets, right? You can lose and maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber, and great for a keto diet. And here's another thing Bill Bar is doing for their customers right now. You get a free cooler with the purchase while supplies last, which is only for a few weeks or so. So, so go ahead and hop on that right now. Go to billboard.com and use promo code locked on and you'll get $10 off your next order. Again, use promo code locked on to get $10 off your next order. Kiki, do you love me? Are you riding? Say so you never, never leave. I'm just dodging because I want you and I need you. 
And I'm down for you. Yeah. We finally saw my man Kiki QT get some playing time today. And ladies and gentlemen, I wish I could play Drake's Kiki song for you. I think that's the name of it. Kiki. I don't I don't know the name of it. I don't really follow Drake like that like I used to. But I wish we could play it. But if we do and Drake's find out, he could sue us. But then again, I should play it because that will be publicity for us. And all publicity is good publicity. That's what I believe, good or bad. But at the end of the day, we're going to continue talking about Kiki QT. And look, with Kenny Stills and Randall Cobb likely out this Thursday against the Detroit Lions, I'm pretty sure we're going to see more of Kiki QT moving on. And I just hope more than anything that he is able to carry over the performance that he had on Sunday you have the coach's staff trust. And I do believe trust is part of the reason why he's been in the doghouse so long. Did he have a game that make you say, oh man, this is possibly one of, if not the best kept secret in Houston? No, he only had 10 yards for two catches. One of them was a touchdown, which was his very first touchdown since that playoff game against Indianapolis in 2018. That's how long it's been for Kiki QT. But at the end of the day, you know, you hear me celebrating. I'm just happy because a talent like QT should not be in a doghouse that long. This guy has proven time and time again that he possesses the talent in order to be a productive player on the field for the Houston Texans. And I just hope that he's able to just carry this over. And I'm, I'm just happy for the guy at the end of the day. But, you know, we can sit here and talk about Deshaun Watson every single day. And let's get into the point you, we're starting to run out of adjectives. We're starting to run out of things to say about how great Deshaun Watson is. And we could talk about him win or lose, happy or sad. You can always talk about Watson. But when I look at the performance that the Houston Texans gave on, on offense on yesterday, I was blown away by the tight ends. And I've been saying this all season long, that the talent the Houston Texans have at tight end might be their deepest position. You saw the performance that Jordan Aikens gave recording a career best 83 yards on five catches. And it was his best game since returning back from injury a few weeks ago. Because remember, going back to the, to the very first four games of the season, Aikens was possibly the only positive that you can take away from the Houston Texans starting 0-4. And he was on track for a career year. We all know he got hurt, and that basically put him out for, I believe it was three weeks, including the bye week. After he returned back from the bye, it took some time for him to get his mojo back. Um, over the last two games, he only recorded 24 yards on, on three catches. But what we saw from Aikens, not only in this game, but through the first four games, it's part of the reason why I have been preaching that Aikens is the future at tight end for this team and not Kaheli Waring. No disrespect to Waring, but I think more than anything, the hype that surrounded that guy when he arrived in Houston a couple years ago from not only the fans, but Bill O'Brien, Romeo Cannell at times, and even Tim Kelly, you look at the potential that's, that, that Waring has, and you can say, okay, maybe this is a guy that can be our starting tight end of the future. But for some reason, that never developed. And when you talk about the tight end of the future, you go back to last season, you take a look at the great season that Darren Fells had, and you might say to yourself, well, we had a tight end, his name is Darren Fells. But when you talk about the future, you're looking beyond two, three years. You're looking at least five years out. Darren Fells is 34 years old. <laughs> 
I don't think there's a future for him in Houston beyond the 2021 season, not only in Houston, but possibly in the league in general. However, I think that was part of this big phenomenon that Kahali Waring had. When you look at the highlights, when you look at the pretty solid training camp that he had, and I mean, where is he now? He's on IR. He's in the doghouse again. However, when you take a look at a guy like Jordan Akins, he has proven this year that he is the answer for the Houston Texans at tight end. Going back to my original statement about why this is the deepest position for the Texans, look at the production that they have from Pharaoh Brown. And this is a team that can kill their opponent in so many ways when you're talking about the tight end. And it's always a tandem combination. This game, we saw Brown and Aikens. Um, next week, we might see Aikens and Fails. The following week, we might see Fail and Browns. They always have a tandem that can go out and perform for the Houston Texans at tight end. And if they are not stepping up in the receiving game, they also helping with blocking as well. As we saw, this offensive line looked hella good, possibly the best we've seen all season long. And that was without Laramie Tunsil. You have to give credit to the tight end because they actually they actually was part of that offensive line protecting Deshaun Watson as well. At the end of the day, the performance that this team gave on gave on offense is a true testament of how deep and how talented this team is at tight end. I totally agree. And I, I want to give kudos to Tim Kelly for scheming up winnable situations for Jordan Akins, actually getting him in the rhythm. You know, since he's been back, he's been a pedestrian of him, his own self. Very high expectations for him this year. And it just seems like with the injury, a lot of that was set back. Phenomenal day yesterday. Phenomenal. Was winning on every opportunity. And they did a good job of sending him across the middle and open field so he could make some moves if he needed to. Uh, but I also want to take it back. At, and the winner of yesterday's offensive performance is as a collective unit, they struggled at times. But the offensive line, when your number one guy goes down, Right. And we know how much Laramie Tunsil is making to protect Deshaun Watson. When he goes down and you're playing with a backup left tackle, a second year left guard who experienced an injury and COVID didn't get an offense, uh, I'm sorry, offseason to really progress. And he's also dealing with Mike Devlin. Throw that out there. Uh, Nick Martin, Zach Folden, who we know has been terrible this year, and a second year Titus Howard, same situation as Max Sharper, you would expect that they would give up a couple of sacks, gave up none and allowed Deshaun Watson to go out there and wheel and deal how he wanted to. I mean, he was picking his poison. He was picking his poison, able to move around in the pocket when the pocket broke down, able to make some moves because they were still able to sustain their blocks. The offensive line was amazing yesterday. And as I mentioned earlier, Will Fuller, is Deshaun's closer. I want you guys to take a look to see what Will Fuller did in the first half compared to his second half stats. And that has been a theme for Fuller. Amazing outing from the offense yesterday. And, and we just want to see more, right, Cody? I think we just want to see more consistency, more of the explosiveness, uh, and not have a game like you did last week against the Cleveland Browns but have these type of games where everybody, Brandon Cooks is eating, Will Fuller is eating, uh, Jordan Akins is eating, 
Your, your rookie on defense is getting his first sack. Justin Reed is reminding people he can play ball. J.J. White with four pass deflections. Uh, you look at what Tim Kelly called on offense, and you look at what Anthony Weaver, what he took personal. I, I think it's a ball head thing. When you're, when you're ball head, you take things personal because Michael Jordan did the same thing. But taking it personal, getting pissed off, and then responding along with his players and, and pl- great play calling. That was the Houston Texans that, regrettably so, they won't make it to the playoffs, but that's what we've been. That's what we here at, the, at Locked On Texas and you guys at home listening and the fans have been wanting to see four full quarters of good football versus good teams when it matters the most. And with that being said, that concludes another installment of Locked On Texans, your daily podcast covering your favorite football team every single day. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. And John, before I give the mic over to you, I do want to give a special shout out to our guy, PJ Walker who used to play for the Houston XFL team, started today in place of Teddy Bridgewater and led the Carolina Panthers to a 20 to nothing victory over the Detroit Lions. Everybody loves the story. Story there in Carolina with P.J. Walker getting his opportunity and first shot to start, and like you said, in place of Teddy Bridgewater and making the best of it. Story here in Houston. These guys, old and young, can still play football. I'm John, some sports guy Hickman. Don't forget to follow us at Locked On Texans on Twitter and like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on all of the major podcasting platforms. That's Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Megaphone, and Spotify. Today's Monday to start off the week. We have Thanksgiving this week, which means we have a Thanksgiving game on Thursday. That's going to be fun. We can all drink and be merry with our family while enjoying the simple things in life. Until tomorrow on Tuesday, peace. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.